Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope you are really blessed by hearing it. Thank you so much, Ron, and uh, great to be with you this morning. Um, I used to be in this kind of neck of the woods when I moved up to Leicestershire, and uh, we've come down from Leicester this morning. I know that sounds... Microphone? How are we doing? Um, and when I left London, I thought that Leicester was the north, the Midlands, and uh, so bring you greetings from the Midlands, from Holy Trinity Leicester, where I'm a vicar, uh, and I've also been involved in New Wine, and uh, I know that Ron is, is connected into New Wine as well, where we encourage churches in the life of the Spirit and the work of mission that God's given us. So it's a great to be here. I'll say a little bit about the book at the end, but if we can have the first slide up on the screen, that would be great. So I don't know if you can work out what this picture is, but this is a picture of the Choluteca Bridge in Honduras. In 1998, they built this bridge as an indestructible bridge, and it was an indestructible bridge. Uh, but about three months later, after it was built, Hurricane Mitch went through Honduras, and it wiped out the roads that connected either side of this bridge, and it moved the river. So the bridge that was meant to and connect either side of the river ended up being isolated and no longer connected to either side of the river. I'm showing you this picture because I think it's a picture of the church. That we are, our job as the church is to be the bridge, the connecting between God, who we've come to know in his love for us in Jesus Christ, and a world out there that knows nothing about that. And we're to be the bridge. We're to be that priestly uh, ministry of connecting God with, with others. Uh, we're to be witnesses, telling the story of what Jesus has done for us. And yet the challenge is, is I think that what happened in our world is that there has been a hurricane, that there has been a, 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 the, the winds and the tides of cultural change have swept through our nation so that where the used to be in the nation connecting people uh, and being at the heart of a community and, and people wanting to connect with church and therefore connecting with God through the church, shifts have taken place so that, as it were, the rivers moved. And for us as the church, so often we're disconnected from the people around us. And if you recognize anything of that, then that's really what I think God is trying to say to the church at the moment, is that we've got to recapture our understanding of, of this work of being a world, and we've got to re-understand how he's going to use us to do it. And that's really what gets me up out of bed in the morning, and that's what I think that God is bring. Um, should I change microphone? I don't know. Should I take a handheld? I can do that. Um, oh, that wasn't working before, was it? Shout, because I think you'll be able to hear me anyway. So, I can definitely use that. Great. Can I take it off its stand? Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed for your help with that. So, how do, what do we do in response to this picture? 
I don't think we need uh, new techniques. I don't think we need to, to come up with something really clever. I think we are called by God to recapture who we are and what Jesus called us to do and to be. And so if we go on to the next slide, it just reminds us of what we've just heard, in which Jesus said, come and follow me, and I will teach you to be fishers of people, send you out to fish for people. Now, if you have with you this morning any kind of coin with you, I would love you to get it out of your purse or out of your pocket. If you're like the queen and you don't carry cash, don't worry. Um, but if you've got a coin, I'd love you just to do this for me because uh, you'll forget everything I say, but you might just remember this coin that you get out of your pocket this morning. And this coin tells you about this verse because on one side of the coin, you will find the head of the queen and that is a picture of authority, that she has the right to reign over us and to issue this currency. In this verse, Jesus is speaking in authority. He's saying, come and follow me. Make me your boss. Make me your Lord. I, I want to lead your life. And so this side of the coin represents authority. The other side of the coin will tell you how valuable your coin is. It's a promise that when you present it to somebody, they will give you something worth 50p, as it is in my, uh, in my case. And this verse gives a promise. Jesus says, if you'll follow me as your Lord, the authority, then I've got a promise for you. And my promise to you is, is that I will teach you how to reach other people with my love. And so, right at the beginning of his relationship with these disciples, he establishes the nature of that relationship, and he says, first of all, I'm to be the Lord and you're to follow, and secondly, I've got a mission for you to do. Now, if you decided, as you never would because it would be madness, to try and split this coin in half because you wanted just the head of the queen but you didn't like the, the promise on the other side, you, you, you'd find that very, very difficult. But the problem is, is that in the church, what we've done is we've managed to split the two parts of this verse. We've said, yeah, I'll follow you, Jesus. I'll make you my Lord. But I'm not up for the mission. And right at the beginning of the call to these disciples, they were given a job. They were given their job description, and that was to reach other people for him with his love. And the church has been given at its core an understanding of, the, of the, what a disciple, what a follower of Jesus is, and that is somebody who's on mission with Jesus. And yet over the years, we've managed to separate out the Lordship. Yeah, I'll worship you and I'll pray and I'll ask for forgiveness, but don't, let me, don't send me in mission. And yet right at the beginning, it is inseparable. You can't split them. It's like two sides of the same coin. If you're a follower of Jesus... You're on mission with him. And I just want to unpack the different aspects of this. So if we go on to the next slide, please. Jesus says, follow me. You won't understand how profound that was for those first disciples. He is following in the tradition of a Jewish rabbi. Jewish rabbis would uh, choose their followers, their disciples, their Talmudim, as they were called. But what would happen in the Jewish system is that the, the rabbis at the time would look at all of the young men in the, in the synagogue and they would look for the people who had great potential, the people who were really doing well in all of their uh, Old Testament classes, in all of their, their scripture studies, in all of their lifestyle, and they would go to a young man and they would say, oh, you can be my disciple, you can be my Talmudim, you can follow me. 
And if you weren't chosen by a rabbi by the time you were about 16, then you would go into the family business. And so we meet these guys, um, James and John, Peter and Andrew, and we meet them in their family business, fishing. They're in their father's boat. And so what we know from this is they didn't make the grade. They weren't part of the spiritual elite. They weren't people that actually had made it spiritually. And Jesus comes along to them and he says, you're just the kind of guys that I want. And you're just the kind of guys that I can send on mission for me if you'll just follow me. And so this morning, the good news from this passage is if you feel like you don't make the grade, if you feel like I can't do this, if you feel like that actually you're not one of the special ones and that you're not somebody that is especially gifted, then this passage says to you, you're just the kind of person I want to use, says Jesus. You're just the kind of person I want on my team. And it's just about a willingness for us to follow Jesus. Now, I think that Jesus is encouraging them because he says, and I will teach you how to fish for people. I don't think that fishing is the perfect metaphor for mission. I think that what Jesus is doing, he's saying, you know how to fish. Well, guess what? Following me, I'm going to use the same kind of stuff you know how to do in the mission that I'm calling you to because I can use somebody who knows how to fish. I can use you in how you know how to live your life and do your business. You can do that stuff for me. So just as you know how to fish for fish, I'm going to come and teach you how to fish for people for me. Now, I think that if he had walked past them and they'd been in the baker's shop, he would have said to them, do you know, if you know how to make a cake, all the ingredients, mix it together, produce something really tasty, well, you know how to make a cake, you can put the ingredients of a disciple together and you can make disciples for me now. Or maybe they were on the, on the bank, in the bank, and he said, oh, you know how to handle finance. Well, just as you know how to make an investment, well, I'm going to teach you how to invest in people and produce disciples for me. And I genuinely believe that as he looks at you this morning, and he knows you, and he loves you, and he knows your gifts, your experience, he would say to you, you know how to do this? Well, I can use somebody who can do that in my kingdom, in my mission. You're just the kind of person that I want on my team. But the challenge about following, if we go on to the next slide, is that following involves leaving. Now, they were the ones that were in the family business. They were mending their nets, and they were in a secure job. And for them to follow Jesus involved them leaving everything and following him. And that was costly for them. But I genuinely think if you were to have Peter or Andrew or James and John here today in the flesh, they would say, it was worth it. I'm so glad I said yes that day. I'm so glad that I left everything because if I had said no that day, that moment of decision around will I follow, will I go with Jesus, would have left them without the knowledge of God's love for them, the miracles they saw through their hands and Jesus's, and the way in which uh, they discovered who Jesus was and his incredible love for people, and then to see him die and rise again and be the ones that carried his love into the world. It was the greatest adventure they could ever have, and yet it 
it all stood or fell on, on their decision, would they follow? Would they leave their nets? And Jesus is calling each of us to follow him. Now, you might be here this morning, and you might not yet be a follower of Jesus, but you've heard already that Jesus doesn't want you to become a perfect spiritual uh, religious person. He just wants you to recognize him and his love for you and be willing to follow him. So even if you're here this morning and you don't yet know Jesus, this is a call for you. Will you follow Jesus? He is the king of the, of the universe, the creator of all things, the one who died for you. Will you follow him? But if we've been Christians for some time, then the challenge is, will we really follow him? Because following him involves leaving, and it involves risk. And, the, and the, the danger for us as Christians is that when we follow Jesus without the willingness to leave and take steps of risk, we miss the adventure. The Christian faith becomes reduced down to a set of weekly practices that we fit into our lives, and yet Jesus is calling you to follow him and to step out of your comfort zone and do things for him, for his mission and his life and his glory. It's not for us to be consumers in the Christian faith, where we do stuff that makes us feel better. It's for people who are called to step out and to follow Jesus. So the question this morning is, will you follow him? Now, I think it's much harder for us than the first disciples. It was pretty hard for them because they all got martyred. So that was fairly hard. But actually, I think it's, it's more complex for you and me because they got to leave their nets. They got to leave everything. They left their families. They left their business. They left everything. And they just followed Jesus every day. Where's Jesus going? Oh, well, we, we, we better go there. For you and me, following him doesn't mean leaving our family, generally. It doesn't mean leaving our home doesn't mean leaving our workplace, but it involves taking risk. Are you willing at times to risk being known as a Christian in your workplace? Are you willing at times to risk your friendship by saying, would you take Jesus seriously? Would you, would you let me share something about him with you? Are you willing to, to step out of your comfort zone and take a risk on what the Holy Spirit prompts you to do, even though you've never done it before, as a way of trying to reach somebody with the love of God? Are you willing to take the risk of using time that's precious in this really um, time-pressured world to actually invest in mission? It's in your job description when you got called and yet if you step back and say, no, I'm not following anymore, your faith, the danger of it is that it withers on the vine because you're no longer placing yourself in a place of dependency on God and you're, 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 you're living, trying to fit God's world into your life. Are you willing to hear his call and say, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus. Show me how to live this life. And that's what he promises to do because following doesn't just involve leaving, it involves learning. So if we go on to the next slide, the best analogy for a, a follower of Jesus is an apprentice. And the good news in, the, in this world, in God's world, is he never says you're fired. He never says you're fired. He says to you, will you learn on the job like an apprentice learns on the job? And will you let me show you how to live this life of reaching people, of fishing for people, or, or making disciples, or investing in others? Will you let me show you how to do this? 
Uh, and on the next slide, the learner plates remind us that we are to be those that learn. That's literally what the, the word disciple means. The challenge is, is if you're an adult, you don't like learning new things because in our adult life, we only do things that we like to do that we know we can do well. We get into our pattern of life and we say, oh, I'm going to do stuff that I know how to do, and I like doing it because I know how to do it, and we get into a pattern of life that, that stops taking those risks. And Jesus said we're to be like children, and children's life is all about learning. And if you're going to go on mission with Jesus in this complex, changing cultural world, you're going to have to be willing to learn some new stuff. And an illustration of how we, we don't like to do this is with children. Bridget and I, um, we've got two daughters. When they were learning to walk, we did what every parent does, which is we sat either side of the room on two separate chairs, and we would say to our daughter, Alice, come to Daddy, walk to Daddy. And Bridget would let go of her, and she'd toddle along, and then she'd fall over on the floor. And guess what we'd say? We'd say, oh, no, we've got a non-walking child. Oh, my goodness, she's never going to walk. Oh, gosh, we're going to have to have the rest of our lives creating strategies for this non-walking child. Of course we didn't say that. We said, up you get, Alice. Have another go. You can walk because you were born to walk. But in the area of mission, what happens for us as Christians is we might even risk it and have a go, or we might look at it and go, it's too scary. And so we say, oh, I'm a non-sharing Christian. I'm one of those Christians who can't be involved in mission because I just can't do it. And so we come up with strategies and theologies to say, no, I don't have to do this anymore. And the challenge is, is that you were born again for this. The Spirit of God was put in you, and Jesus has called you, and he promises to teach you and to send you, and all he's asking from you is your willingness to learn some new things. Now, in Holy Trinity Leicester, we surveyed our, con our, our leadership uh, of about 80 people, and we discovered that 80% of those people in a previous year had shared nothing about their faith with the people around them in their lives. And these were our leaders. These were the best Christians we had. I was totally depressed as a church leader. But we then asked them why. And we then realized that it wasn't that they didn't believe they should. It's just that they'd lost confidence and they didn't know how to do it. So we then began to train them. And we worked through some training. And after the training, six months later, 80% of them had shared. They learned some stuff. I'll tell you a couple of stories. Karen was somebody who said, I'm never doing this, John. You can do as much training as you like. I'm never, ever doing this because I don't want to do it. I don't like it. I want nothing to do with this. But she was in a small group that was going through this process, so she turned up every couple of weeks. And then at work, one of her friends uh, was sharing how miserable she was. And Karen literally said to me, she said, before I could stop myself, I said to my friend, can I pray for you? And that was only because you had told us every time we hear a need, we should offer to pray for people. And she said, when I offered to pray, my friend Julie said, yeah, please pray for me. I prayed for her. At the end of that prayer, Julie said, I think that is the first time I've appeared in anybody else's prayers. For the last three months, I've been so miserable that I've been praying every night in case there's a God. 
thinking, today I know that there is. She was prepared by God. God was at work in her heart. He was calling her, and he just needed one of his people to say, actually, I'm here. I know Jesus. Let me connect you with him. And Karen has led Julie to faith, and they're doing a little Alpha course together as they met at lunchtimes at work. Another um, one woman in our congregation who is the quietest, most timid person, she would say, her name's Helen, she decided to say to some of her friends with a group of mums that she was in, would you like to meet uh, once a month and read a Bible story with me? And to her surprise, they all said yes. And they meet in a cafe, and her testimony is, every time one of us cries, because God turns up. And she's led one of those to faith in Jesus. That person is now sharing her faith in Jesus. It's their job. I'm doing this as well as a church leader, but all we've done is we've just trained, and they've been willing to learn. Now, Ron and Ro are encouraging you to get ready for this uh, weekend in June. I really want you, after this service, to go up to them, shake their hand, and say, thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to express my job description as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because on my own, I might not do it, but now you've given me this amazing opportunity. I want to say thank you, and I'm in, and I'm going to come to the training because I've heard that I need to learn, and I'm going to do whatever I can. And I might fall down, but I know that Jesus is saying, get up, have another go, because I want to be one of those Christians that shares my faith with people around me. So I'm really excited that what God is doing in this church. This is just really the introduction today to lead you into uh, that experience. As a church in Leicester, we visited 1,500 homes. Over a third of them said yes when we offered to pray for them. We, we go out every week with our staff team. Uh, two weeks ago, we went as a staff team. Uh, we had 45 minutes out on the streets of Leicester. We, we spoke to 40 people. 21 of them let us, let us pray with them. Uh, five of them spent long enough with us that we could share the whole gospel with them. And two of them are being followed up in coming to faith from 45 minutes on the street. All it requires is people who grasp this thing, which is Jesus has called me, he's equipped me, he's put his spirit in me. And I want to be one of those Christians that says, yes, I will follow you, Jesus. Teach me how to fish for people. And if we go on to the slide with, um, with just the book outline, the, the, the book outline is just to say the, the training we do in Leicester is in the book. The stories are in the book. The, the examples and the principles of this are in the book. If you want to buy it, you can have it for £4 off today at £5. Um, but I'm not selling this to you because I gain anything of this. Holy Trinity Leicester receives the money from this. But if you're going to be somebody that grows in this, one sermon or even a couple of sermons won't make the difference. You have to be willing to go on a process of learning and being trained as an apprentice of Jesus. But I promise you, if you will, he will use you. So let's pray now together. Would you like to stand? When we were praying for you before the service, there was, there was a word about just submitting to the call of the Spirit. And I think that, that this moment is just about each of us being willing to give up any excuses we might have had 
that might have come out of our sense of yeah, low self-worth as a Christian. We've heard today that Jesus says you're just the kind of person he wants. That might have come out of saying it didn't go very well in the past, so I've given up. But we've heard Jesus say, get up, try again. And so I wonder if you're willing in your heart to hear Jesus says, call you again, come and follow me and I will teach you to fish for people, to reach people with my love. If you're not a Christian but you're here, then you might want to just say yes to Jesus today. But if you are a Christian, this is a moment to say, yep, I want to, I want to step out again. I'm willing to leave the comfort zone again. I'm willing to learn new stuff and be willing to share. So as I say those words again, if you are willing to do that, just in your heart or even out loud, just say yes. And then I want to pray. So Jesus says to you, come and follow me and I will teach you how to fish for people. And Lord, as each open heart, each yes reaches your heart, I pray now for your Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you put a flame in our hearts that would not be extinguished, that would be a passion to say, I, I want to share. I want to connect with people. I want to do that work, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you speak truth into hearts to say, yeah, you are somebody that Jesus can use. Those lies over your life are no longer true. You are called by Jesus Christ, appointed by him, anointed by him for this task. Holy Spirit, would you cause hope to rise in hearts even for particular people who we've given up on ever coming to know you, that, that you might again cause us to pray and to live and to, and to seek to share our lives in such a way that they would come to know you. Let hope arise in our hearts, Lord, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, in this moment for a moment of consecration. A moment of consecration that says, yeah, I, I want this to be a point that I, that I draw a line and say, I am going to step over that line into a life of mission again. Where I will not retreat back as I have. But I will engage again in this call that Jesus has on my life. Holy Spirit, would you burn that on our hearts, I pray. For more information, please go to www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.